Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now. for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure... Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And of course, they have Junior Bergen t-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. Blackfoot Communications is actively supporting the communities we serve across Montana and Idaho. We are installing hundreds of miles of fiber in our service territories, increasing the broadband experience in our rural communities. We are delivering remote workforce solutions for our business communities. We are creating new, innovative solutions for our local entrepreneurs and enterprise organizations. Learn how your company can benefit. Call today at 541-5000 or go to blackfootbusiness.com. Blackfoot Communications Connect to more. ESPN Missoula Sports Center. Troy Anderson has yet another All-American honor, while Trace Tinkle and Tyler Hall have another shot at the NBA. Hello, I am Coulter Nuanez. Anderson, a strapping 6'4", 245-pound senior from Dillon, was one of seven players from the Big Sky Conference who earned preseason first-team All-America honors for the Montana State Bobcats. The do-everything talent was a first-team All-Big Sky pick in 2019, a year after earning unanimous first-team All-League honors offensively after quarterbacking MSU to his first of two straight FCS playoffs appearances. Anderson was the only Big Sky player with Montana roots to earn a spot on the first team, but the Montana Grizzlies led all Big Sky teams with five of the 23 overall selections to the stats performed preseason list. Senior wide receiver Sammy Akim and senior linebacker Jace Lewis earned second team recognition. Junior returner Malik Flowers and senior long snapper Matt O'Donohue earned third team honors. Tinkle, a former Missoula Hellgate star who went on to set Oregon State's career scoring record, has been added to the NBA Summer League roster for the Los Angeles Lakers. Tyler Hall, the all-time leading scorer in Montana State and Big Sky Conference history, has also been added to the Summer League roster. Hall for the New York Knicks. And finally, Missoula's Kylie Esch fired a final round 2-under-70 at Meadowlark Country Club in Great Falls to outlast Bozeman's Cameron Basie in the Montana Women's State Amateur Golf Championship over the weekend. Esch currently golfs at Montana. concert guy and i have my dream list of shows i'd love to go to i think that the only two bands that are definitively ahead of queens of the stone age who you're listening to right now that i haven't seen in concert are metallica and the gaslight anthem other than that man queens of the stone age has got to be right up there so if dave Grohl or anybody else involved in the band is listening by chance make a swing to missoula man it's a great concert place we were at the Kettle House on Friday for St. Paul and the Broken Bones. My first show in over two years. God dang, it was good to be back in, in person watching some live music. Shout out to Alanya, a good friend of ours here at Missoula Broadcasting Company, formerly on the trail, but she's now uh, doing a lot of the booking for Log Jam Presents. So I spent some time with her um, watching St. Paul and the Broken Bones break it down, and it was great to see her, and it was great to be 
back in person. Nuana is now 1029 ESPN Missoula, SWX Montana Television. Justin Angle in studio with me, Coulter Nuana. basically a thing in the first hour of the show. We talked about the phenomenon of wildfires and Justin's podcast, mm-hmm. Fireline, and sort of the, uh, the evolving nature of the science behind why fires seem to be getting worse around the West. We also talked about just the logistical challenges of if Montana, Montana State were to sell beer at football games. We also heard from Angela Brittigum, who is the head of Girls Run Missoula, great organization pre- presenting opportunities for girls between the ages of 8 and 11 to get involved in running. And we also had our Treasure State Stars featuring some of the best amateur performances from across the state of Montana. We do that each and every Tuesday here on Nuanas Now. You missed anything in the first hour? You can find it on the podcast, Sports Bet Montana, Blackfoot Communications, The Wingate by Wyndham Hotel, all proud presenters of the Nuanas Now podcast. Are you much of a concert guy, Justin? I know you have little kids, so sometimes it's hard to get out in the concert world. Yeah, I love a good concert. And, and with kids, it's tough, although my daughters are to the stage where like we can start taking them to concerts yeah, yeah. and shows. Um, in fact, my wife uh, took our older daughter, Ainsley, to one of the Brandy Carlisle shows. Oh, very good. They had a blast. So, you know, I look forward to... Um, Getting back into that scene um, as much as I can. I mean, and Missoula is such a great venue for that. There's so many good bands that come through, and there's some really cool places to watch live music here as well. Kettle House Amphitheater, one of the best places on planet Earth, man. The logistics are just so great. Even First of all, I'm not going to even say this, because I I was going to say, even if you don't like live music, if you don't, I don't know how you're alive. It seems as if it's like (laughs) the most unquestionably good thing. Maybe you don't like crowds, maybe you don't like loud noises, whatever. That venue is just so good, though. The acoustics are perfect. The way that the sun sets in the Missoula summer sky. I mean, it's one of the great places to just go watch the sunset, even if you don't even like the bands that are playing. So uh, I'll be headed out there Saturday night again. Wilco in town. It's my Wilco debut. So I'll be fun to spend some time with Robert Chase, big Wilco fan, and also the program director of the trail. Speaking of the trail, Tommy, our illustrious producer, every Tuesday night he has his awesome show the new show from six to seven so all you got to do is just scan one notch up on your radio dial 1033 the trail just one notch up from 1029 espn missoula anything cool or or particular that you got on the new show today absolutely a full hour's worth of cool and particularly awesome things (laughs) that's good tommy's a, a pretty much can't miss proposition he's basically batting a thousand with this show so uh Check it out right after Nuana's Now is over. There's no paddleheads on tonight, so just roll it up one notch to 103.3 The Trail and check out the new show uh, with Tommy Evans. Justin, we've talked a lot about conference realignment and uh, the, the ever-shifting landscape of Division One athletics, particularly uh, when it comes to the largest revenue-generating uh, avenues of uh, Division One athletics, which happen to be the college football playoff and the NCAA tournament. Well, the news of the month, the news of the week, and now the news of the day has centered upon the realignment and uh, burgeoning alliances between all of the premier Division One athletic departments seemingly uh, in the United States. First and foremost, Texas and Oklahoma, two of uh, probably the top ten in terms of overall revenue generation, leave the Big 12, join in the SEC. It's a couple years away in terms of its official move, but it's happening. Today, now... Clemson and Florida State, two other big dogs, are saying they're leaving the ACC to join the SEC as well. So this is going to leave the ACC and the Big 12 in a tough spot. It might leave the Pac-12 sort of out on an island. But just your basic thoughts, because to me, at the end of the day, all of this restructuring, all this realignment, it centers upon one thing and one thing alone, the money that comes from TV revenue. And so this is just the rich getting richer. Yeah, there's a bit of that. They were, showing, they were sort of seeing consolidation in the marketplace like we see in a lot of other industries. Um, you know, I'm trying to think of like how this shakes out. You know, before the dawn of these really powerful conferences, there was that period of time, and I can't remember the exact date. It's like 80s, 90s when, you know, it was, it was this interesting thing that Notre Dame was not in a conference. Right. And they sort of maintained this, their own brand and their yep. own power and their own sort of um, negotiating ability in the marketplace, being independent from all these um being all from all these conferences, I, I sort of wonder with this new SEC configuration and realignment, you know, a theme that we've talked about in this show is 
you know, is the NCAA as an institution, as a structural body, is it sustainable? In the current form, like their primary ace in the hole for their own sustainability is the basketball tournament, right? But as far as college football goes, you know, it's pretty clear the SEC, uh, maybe now, and then certainly with the addition of Texas, Oklahoma, and Clemson, Florida State, will be more powerful as a negotiating entity than the NCAA as a whole. And how does that play out? Who sets policy? Do those schools, do they stay in the NCAA? Do they um, split off for just football? What does that mean for the other um, sports at those schools? So all sorts of questions about where this lands. And I think it's more than just, I mean, yeah, like you said, the dollars are kind of driving this, but where it shakes out as far as how the sort of, industry is organized is what's interesting me college football is on the horizon the nfl is coming up as well and major league baseball into the dog days of summer you need any place to watch any of your favorite professional or college sports the silver slipper has 55 tvs for you to watch it all no matter who your favorite team is the silver slipper will have it on for you they have drink specials every day 20 kino machines a liquor store and pizza there's nowhere else you should be watching your favorite team at the slipper it's all about great food tasty drinks, and the urge to have a good time. So stop by today and see why the slipper is one of Montana's best-kept secrets. I'm just so curious to see the way that this thing fractures, Justin. Justin Angle, by the way, joining me, Coulter Nuanas here in studio. It's the Northwest Motorsports Studio. Go to nwmsrocks.com to check out their massive inventory of trucks. I, I think that a fracturing is inevitable. Well, it's already happening because the, yeah. the, the, we're, we're already seeing a departure. But I do think that the fracturing or uh, sort of the marginalization of the NCAA is on the horizon and maybe even more than we think. I think that's a double-edged sword because I think it's it's easy for pundits and people that follow sports passionately to say, oh, the NCAA makes no good decisions. The NCAA is evil. The NCAA has screwed up college sports. The NCAA is going to get what they deserve. Good. I hope the NCAA disappears. Well, if you think that, there is justifiable reasons to sort of have those feelings, but you have to also understand that if you're a fan of any other sport that has a championship attached to it, a.k.a. the other 30 Division One mm-hmm. sports besides men's basketball and football, if the NCAA was to dissolve, there would have to be a restructuring of college sports across the board if you wanted to have any sort of postseason available for any sport, whether it's women's soccer or volleyball or rowing or cross-country or whatever it might be, because all of the revenue comes from football and men's basketball, period. So... That's what I worry about. Twofold. One, sort of the the lack of monetary funds available if there is a fracturing, uh, a, a full-scale fracturing. Uh, but also, as a guy that understands economics so well, money trickles downhill. Yep. The less of a piece of the pie that the little guys get the less they have a chance of being sustainable. In other words, Montana, Montana State for football, for example, they don't necessarily have to play money games. They're both playing money games this year. Montana's playing at Washington. Montana State's playing at Wyoming. They'll get between four hundred dollars and $700,000 for those two contests. But if everybody just joins the SEC, nobody in the SEC is going to want to play anybody else except for the teams in the SEC. So then how do the teams in the South, like the Citadel and um, Georgia Southern and Kennesaw State and, you know, you name it, they all play the Alabamas and and, um, South Carolinas of the world. And so that revenue might go away as well. So I think it could be very detrimental to uh, the non-Power 5 in college athletics. There's all sorts of implications. I mean, the the phrase, the rich stay healthy and the sick stay poor kind of comes to mind. And, you know, people, like you said, it's easy to bash the NCAA and complain. But the NCAA tries to put some guardrails and regulation around this marketplace. And if the marketplace is just allowed to operate freely, it's going to consolidate to the powerful schools. And you were seeing that already. And if that happens, like, not only are, are is, is college football at other schools not going to be sustainable, but all the other sports 
at those places are not going to be sustainable. College athletics in general might not be a sustainable proposition. And we've debated from time to time about the merits of college athletics, the model we have, let's sort of maybe set that aside. Um, But if we just allow market forces to dictate what happens here, um, you're going to have fewer competitors. The competitors are going to be bigger. They're going to gobble up share and crowd out the the little guys. And, you know, I, if, if we decide as, as, a, as a consumer base that that's what we want, fine. But that just also seems like, you know, an approximation of professional football and college football, as we know, goes away. Not only that, but like all these other sports and, and college athletics, as we know it. And then the opportunities for, for students, student athletes and all those downstream benefits that are real. You know, I benefited from a lot of those opportunities sure. and, and many other people do. That's not to say they're not without problems of access and equity and everything else. Um but it does have a lot of implications. So it's easy to rail on the NCAA, but um, I, you know, I personally would argue for c- continuing some sort of centralized rulemaking, guardrails, something like that. The biggest argument uh, in Division One athletics, and we see this in small school football particularly, Eastern Washington is going through it right now, where Eastern Washington has been the cream of the crop in the Big Sky Conference the last 10 years. Mm-hmm. They advanced to the semifinals of the FCS playoffs five times in 10 years. They are the most recent team from the Big Sky Conference to win a national championship back in 2010. They've been as good as you can be. Uh, they had one of the great runs in the history of the league, yet it's resulted in almost no monetary gain. And so then the question is, can Eastern Washington be any better than they've already been? And does even being good matter when it comes to the sustainability of college athletics? Well, I've talked with... Tucker Sargent, a good friend of this show, former co-host of this show. Mm-hmm. He's the head coach of the University of Montana lacrosse team. His whole premise is that if you have a team or a club or an organization that has a passionate supporting group behind it and you have a strategy, it's actually more freeing and a lot more sustainable to split away from the revenue sharing of an athletic department or a league or an NCAA as a whole. They've done it with the University of Montana lacrosse. Grizz Hockey is coming back this uh, winter as well. I would reckon if you looked at the spreadsheets that the budgets of lacrosse and hockey, while they're not traveling glamorously or anything like that, because the equipment is so expensive and they do travel all across the region by bus, I guarantee you that the budgets are comparable, if not exceeding, budgets of some of the other non-revenue sports that are supported by the athletic department at Montana. So then the question is, is the future of sustainability for sports like rowing or cross country going to be steeped in maybe a club model where then the athletes themselves or passionate supporters of say rowing at Penn, like you did are the ones that are actually funding the sport rather than this revenue sharing model where uh, the non-revenues maybe sometimes fall short because the revenues don't produce enough. Yeah. I mean, I think there's a couple issues there to kind of think through. It's like, what are the capital investments that a program needs? Does it need a stadium? Does it need a weight room? Does it need a boathouse? Does it need boats that cost, right. you know, fifty, sixty, seventy thousand dollars? Cross country teams a lot cheaper to run right. than a rowing team or a gymnastics team. Um, the club model too, you know, part of that'll be dictated. Um, where the alumni base is or where the donor support base is. And, you know, that'll largely be dictated by clubs or, you know, teams with historical success or historically passionate uh, donor bases. And that's not necessarily a bad thing either. That's somewhat of a market-based system in a way. Um, But I do think, yeah, that's a possible route for some of these sports. And we've seen that shake out, um, at some universities over time with Title IX. Title IX led to the rise of a lot of women's sports that were formerly club sports moving to varsity level and moving to the NCAA. And then some men's sports on the other side moving from, you know, the NCAA sort of um, designation down, or I say down, over to club status. And, you know, how that shaked out. Some of the um, some of the sports have been sustainable. Others have not. Um, so, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm a little agnostic with regard to that model, but I, I do think it, pre- it presents some interesting opportunities if, if done right. Justin Angle in studio with me, Coulter Nuanez, here on Nuanez Now, 1029 ESPN Missoula, talking all things business and sports here. 
Coming up here in about 10 minutes, Sage Brooks as part of our Senior Spotlight Series. She's a senior, uh, recently graduated senior from Missoula Hellgate. She's headed to Syracuse to continue her running career and one of the great athletes in the state of Montana over the last couple of years. She'll join us here about 5.30. Uh, one more thing to get to, Justin. The Olympics, Bradley, last night, what a race in the men's 400-meter hurdles. Uh, 45 seconds and change. That is, uh, I, I think I looked it up, would have been the 92nd fastest 400-meter time in the country this last year without the hurdles. Wow. I mean, these, wow. th- to put that in perspective, a 52nd 400-meter hurdles is an unbelievably elite mm-hmm. time. So to break that by five seconds, I mean, these two dudes broke the world record by a second and a half each. The Norwegian kid crosses the line, sees the time, and then rips his jersey off like <laughs> Superman. It was one of the great scenes of the Olympics so far. It was so awesome. Yeah, unbelievable what's kind of happening on that track, whether it's the Jamaican women sprinters, the 400-meter hurdles, you know, that that scene with the, um, I can't remember their names, but the two fellows that split the gold medal in, uh-huh, in the uh-huh. high jump. I, mean, I didn't even know that was possible. So if you have the same amount of misses and the same uh, jump to get the heights that you made, you can either have a jump off or yeah. you can split the gold medal. And they had this little meeting in the middle and they both said hey let's just not have a jump off let's both be gold medalists and they were both elated it was such a cool celebration it's a cool moment seeing those stories and that's kind of what the olympics are about when you see that kind of spirit and camaraderie and just sort of the it is the tip of the spear with regard to human performance it's really cool to see it come together i wish that they would just show these sports all the time but maybe then they wouldn't have the same luster like they do during the Olympics, but I would just watch this track and these swimming events. I would watch it all the time. It's way more interesting to me than baseball. I love baseball, but mid-July baseball, get out of here. Give me the guys that are high jumping 7-9. This is like um, unbelievable competition. Right, but I think that scarcity is what makes it special. True. Right? It's every four years, there's pent-up demand, it's like something novel, it's ex- you know, exactly why the baseball game in July is kind of boring. It's one of 162. Exactly. And you get to tune into this thing that's unique and novel and you don't often think about, but it is amazing when you get the chance to see it. Speaking of the Olympics, though, this has been a fascinating one because I think that the tipping point for all forms of social media has passed us by. Everybody now knows about Twitter. There's no mystery. Mm-hmm. Pretty much everybody has at least one form of social media. And uh, a lot of times, many, if not all, a 14-hour time difference combined with the fact that everything is on Twitter all the time has sort of made the spoiler alerts profound. Like, I had this whole plan on Sunday night. I was going to watch the men's 100-meter files. Well, I saw 17 tweets about it all day long, but then there was nowhere to watch it because I couldn't find it on demand. They were planning it for the prime time. It wasn't uploaded on the on-demand. So I know who won, but I can't watch how or why. It's been maddening. I know that there is, uh, my mom's always telling me, well, I can watch it in mid-morning, blah, 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 blah. Well, mom, you're retired. Like, you don't have a job. People want to watch this thing in prime time and not have the spoiler alerts. But it might just be state of society. But I know that the ratings are down in the Olympics. We talk about ratings and television rights and all that here uh, on a business angle a lot. But just your overall analysis of, of the Olympics and the coverage, because it seems like it's been spotty at best. Yeah, it's a real challenge. I mean, we've talked about the sort of cord-cutting phenomenon and why that happens and folks want to watch what they want to watch when they want to watch it and cutting the cord and streaming through all these various platforms I think that works great in general when you have sort of, you know, a football game where you can plan your life around that. You can figure out in advance where where you have to subscribe to to get it and set yourself up for success when it's a a multi-day event with multiple events when there's this time zone difference it's just really kind of hard to manage and then it's like who knows where the heck to go watch these things peacock nbc.com nbc on television like i have no idea where to watch it um how to find out what's on what so yeah i mean figuring out the 100 meter that's like the premier event. If you can't find that, then whoever's engineering this customer experience has failed dramatically. Nuanas now, 1029 ESPN Missoula, SWX Montana Television around the great state of Montana. Speaking of running and track and field and cross country and everything in between, we have themes today. And upcoming, 
We have an interview, part of our Senior Spotlight series with Sage Brooks. She's a recent graduate of Missoula Hellgate. She's headed to Syracuse as a distance runner. We'll talk to her all about her outstanding high school running career and what is on the horizon at the collegiate level as well. Keep it right here. Senior Spotlight coming up on Nuwana is now 1029 ESPN Missoula, SWX Montana Television, back after this. Sportsbet Montana is powered by the Montana Lottery. Join in on the excitement for Sportsbet Montana by betting on your favorite sports and teams, both collegially and professionally. There are multiple ways to bet, including in-game, which gets you into the action live as the game unfolds, and parlay betting, where you could have a chance to win big. Sportsbet Montana is a secure and interactive way to win while watching your favorite sports. Bets can be placed securely on the mobile app while at an authorized Sportsbet Montana location or by using the Sportsbet Montana kiosk located at approved vendors. Montana bettors have wagered more than $28 million since Sportsbet Montana launched almost a year ago, and in that time, bettors have won more than $25 million. Sportsbet Montana's retail partners have more than $1.7 million in commission. Head on down to your authorized Sportsbet Montana locations and get in on the fun today. ESPN Missoula Sports Center. Troy Anderson has yet another All-American honor, while Trace Tinkle and Tyler Hall have another shot at the NBA. Hello, I am Coulter Nuanez. Anderson, a strapping 6'4", 245-pound senior from Dillon, was one of seven players from the Big Sky Conference who earned preseason first-team All-America honors for the Montana State Bobcats. The do-everything talent was a first-team All-Big Sky pick in 2019, a year after earning unanimous first-team All-League honors offensively after quarterbacking MSU to its first of two straight FCS playoff appearances. Anderson was the only Big Sky player with Montana roots to earn a spot on the first team, but the Montana Grizzlies led all Big Sky teams with five of the 23 overall selections to the stats performed preseason list. Senior wide receiver Sammy Akim and senior linebacker Jace Lewis earned second team recognition. Junior returner Malik Flowers and senior long snapper Matt O'Donohue earned third team honors. Tinkle, a former Missoula Hellgate star who went on to set Oregon State's career scoring record, has been added to the NBA Summer League roster for the Los Angeles Lakers. Tyler Hall, the all-time leading scorer in Montana State and Big Sky Conference history, has also been added to the Summer League roster. Hall for the New York Knicks. And finally, Missoula's Kylie Esch fired a final round two under 70 at Meadowlark Country Club in Great Falls to outlast Bozeman's Cameron Basie in the Montana Women's State Amateur Golf Championship over the weekend. Esch currently golfs at Montana. One, two, three. One is now on ESPN Radio. Most of the time, I would be very angry at Tommy for playing me back with some T-Swift, but we cater the music to our guests. This is what Sage requested, so I'm happy about the T-Swift here on Nuanas now on a Tuesday. Thanks so much for hanging out with us. I'm Coulter Nuanas, Justin Angle, University of Montana business professor and a good friend of this show in studio with me. First time stem to stern, so this has been fun. And now Sage Brooks, a Missoula Hellgate graduate and a future Syracuse Orange runner in studio with us. It's part of our Senior Spotlight. Senior Spotlight is presented in part by Palmer's Drug and in part by McElmarie Homes, both here in Missoula. Palmer's Drug, the best way to shop local if you want your, uh, to shop local for a local pharmacy. You go out of your way to shop local no matter what you do in Missoula, so why not for your local pharmacy? Palmer's Drug of Missoula is a pharmacist-owned establishment that can take care of all your needs more efficiently than any of the corporate chains. When you think local, think local pharmacy, at Palmer's Drug, located at Southwest Higgins here in Missoula. Sage, thanks so much for coming down. Thanks for making time for us. How are you doing? I'm doing good. How are you? Good, good. So first and foremost, we have to talk about your high school running career. You had an outstanding career at Missoula Hellgate, part of the uh, the toppling of a beast, so to speak, the Bozeman High School girls cross-country and distance running programs, nationally elite. Yeah, it used to be that you could just write it in pen that Bozeman High was going to win the Class AA state championship. And uh, then they'd probably go on and compete at regionals and nationals as well. Uh, But Missoula Hellgate ended that run, and you guys have had a a lot of success in distance running these last couple years. So uh, just take us through the experience. What was it like sort of building this Hellgate team up and and taking it to new levels while also competing with such a talented program like Bozeman? Well, um, it started out with me just joining the team to have a little fun and make some friends. And then um, 
I, by the end of my freshman season, started to make my way up on the team. And by my sophomore year, when we finally toppled Bozeman, um, that year we had a really deep team. We had a lot of really committed, dedicated girls. And we were all able to train as a group and race as like a pack, work together, which there's definitely strength in numbers. And that allowed us to topple Bozeman. And since then, that's inspired a lot of girls on the team to work really hard so that we can continue to have such a dominant team. We had Angela Bertigum from Girls Run Missoula, a new organization here in town, on the show uh, during the first hour. And that organization is all about getting young girls into running between the ages of 8 and 11. Uh, when did you first start running, though, and when did this first become sort of a passion for you? Well, I started running my freshman year. Um, I was back third of the pack. Before that, in elementary school and middle school, I was the kid that would get hit in the face by a ball if you threw whatever. <laughs> was chosen last to be on sports teams. So I wasn't really into any sports until I joined the team. And then once I joined the team, I kind of worked my way up. Each race chose a teammate to try and race with until I went from back of the pack to scoring for JV. And then from there, I kind of was stuck on the JV team for a while due to some injuries, but I continued to progress. Um, And I think I really started to fall in love with running my junior year when I was able to make some more progressions and start running more consistently, which was really nice. Talk about your motivation to sort of stick with it during those hard times. I mean, you hear a lot about particularly runners that, you know, that are just fast from the start, but it sounds like you really kind of persisted and moved up through the ranks. How are you sort of making choices about whether or not you're going to keep dedicating yourself to this pursuit? Well, I think my biggest motivation is when I run, it makes me feel really strong. Mm. And in those elementary and middle school years when I was deemed as not athletic by everyone around me, that made me feel pretty weak. So being able to go out and go for a run every day just makes me feel really strong and helps me like topple that label that I felt like was yeah. put on me. At some point, though, you had to realize that you have a, a talent for this, too, yeah. right? I mean, you're young to the sport, only been doing this for four years. Um, but when, when did it sort of start, start to turn the corner and you thought to yourself, man, not only can I compete, but I can also, you know, win races, win championships? Um, I remember my junior year, my second cross-country race, I went out and Anders told me to stick with the um, lead group. This was a race in Bozeman, and I stuck with them, and I ended up winning the race, and I just ran through the finish line into my mom's arms and started crying because I was so shocked but excited, and that was kind of the point where I realized, you know, I can be pretty good at this. Sage Brooks joining us, a Missoula Hellgate graduate, a future Syracuse runner. It's part of our Senior Spotlight Series, presented in part by Blaine McElmurray at McElmurray Homes. Blaine McElmurray knows what you can achieve through hard work. As an athlete from small-town Montana, the Troy native rose up to become an All-American safety for the Grizzlies on UM's 1995 National Championship team before spending time playing in the NFL. McElmurray has used those values in his work at McElmurray Homes, Missoula's highest quality custom residential construction company. McElmurray Homes is committed to offering quality customer service, quality products, and the best prices throughout any project. And McElmurray Homes is proud to support local high school athletes around the state of Montana. So that breakthrough moment when you ran stride for stride with the Bozeman girls, won your first race, that has to rank among some of your best memories of your high school career. But tell us about some of the other ones because a lot of success for Hellgate's distance crew these last couple of years. Um, I think I have quite a few really fond memories of running with the Hellgate team. I think one of them is the first time we beat Bozeman as a team mm-hmm. my sophomore year. And then, obviously, that race my junior year. And then... In the moment, I didn't really enjoy racing at either of the past two state meets, but looking back on them, I really loved uh, those memories just because my team faced so much adversity at both those meets, and we still were able to pull through. And then also this summer, going to outdoor nationals with my teammates, Kenzie May and Ignatius Fitzgerald and Eugene was 
incredible. A tease for a little later on as well. Iggy Fitzgerald, uh, I've been... I tracked down his number yesterday, so he'll be part of this senior spotlight before the month's over as well, but a fantastic uh, male distance runner from uh, Missoula Hellgate as well. The program itself, Anders Brooker has done a great job with Missoula Hellgate. Uh, The running community in Missoula is so good as well. But just sort of growing up in that environment, learning from that program, how do you think that's prepared you now? Because you're headed to the ACC. This is going to be high level of competition, but it seems as if Hellgate, Cross country and track and field gets you ready as about as good as any program in the state. Yeah, I think Anders does an amazing job. He um, really encourages us to run as a team, which I think is really important. We, I run with the girls on my team every day, work with them in workouts, in races. We'll work together, which is, I think, a really important skill to have and allows you to run at such a high level. And then he also does a really good job about emphasizing what it takes to be good other than going out on your runs every day. For example, strength training, and he's always reminding us to get our sleep and take all our supplements that we need to take and just take care of ourselves. So I got to say, Sage, um, congratulations on all your success, but like... So I have two daughters, nine and 11, and, and I'm thinking, like, how on earth can I do a better job to make my daughters achieve some fraction of the success you've achieved and will achieve? Like, what, what, what advice do you have for me as a, as a father to daughters to sort of, <laughs> I mean, if I could sort of duplicate your success in, in my kids, that would be awesome. How can, I, how can, how can we do it? What did your parents do to, uh, to help you get here? I think they've both been really encouraging um, when they've never really, like, forced me into anything they always wanted it to be my decision so they never really tried to talk me into running my dad was actually a very good runner as well but he barely even told me about his running career until after I decided that I wanted to run myself so he let me found or find my love for running myself and then they've just been so encouraging um helped me with whatever I've asked for to make sure that I am feeling good all the time well congratulations mom and dad well done sage brooks doing that's part of our senior spotlight here on nuanas now it's presented in part by palmer's drug of missoula and in part by blaine mcelmurray and mcelmurray homes probably a unique summer for you too because no rest for the weary you're headed to syracuse next weekend and you're right in it it's cross country season right out the gate so you've probably been in the midst of some pretty rigorous training so what's summer been like for you um this summer has been really exciting it was definitely different from most summers i've had training because i extended my track season to go to nationals and then since then i've mostly actually just been building up mileage doing a lot of easy runs and long runs and it's given me time to connect with some of my former teammates who have already graduated and run with them which has been really fun syracuse is a long ways from here you had uh, a chance to go to pretty much any uh, area of the country if you wanted so what made syracuse stand out i know uc davis university of utah boise state some others uh, in the mix for for your talents but why why syracuse why the orange um i went to the east coast last summer and i loved it And then I also just had some really great conversations with the coaches. They made me feel like they care about me as a person and not just a runner. And I also just love the girls on the team. I've done a ton of Zoom calls with them, and I can't wait to meet them because I've just gotten along so well with them. That part, the fraternity of, or I guess the sorority in your case, of, of a cross-country team, though, that's essential, right? I think that's one thing people don't realize is how much the team element matters. You mentioned you're sort of running in packs, not only in training but during races, but uh, the culture of a team fitting in with your teammates is, is probably the most important part of the experience, right? Yeah, I think it's really important, especially running is definitely a very challenging sport physically and mentally, and to have a good group of girls around you that you trust and that support you and you feel comfortable telling when you're hurting or just sharing how you're feeling with them is very important to succeed individually and as a team. Well, we'll get you out of here on this then. Sage Brooks, Missoula Hellgate grad, future Syracuse distance runner. What's got you the most excited? What are you What are you looking forward to the most as you head back east? I'm really excited to meet my teammates, and I think I'm also really excited to race in some bigger races. 
Montana doesn't have very many big races. Sure. Um, and in the ACC, I'll get to race a lot of people in some very big races, and I'm excited to see how I can compete. Well, Sage, congratulations on all your success. Thanks so much for making some time with us, and uh, we wish you all the best of luck in all your future endeavors. We have a lot to be proud of, and thanks so much for joining us here on our Senior Spotlight. Yeah, thanks for having me. Sage Brooks, our latest Senior Spotlight subject. Man, there's a lot of great athletes around the city of Missoula and around the state of Montana, including this young lady. Proud to have her here in studio. More with Justin Angle, more on the Olympics and uh, all of the other things we love to talk about. The overlay between business and sports will take you home here on a Tuesday. Keep it right here, 1029 ESPN Missoula. After a long couple of months, it's finally feeling like we're getting back to business as usual. But it's not the usual at all. At Missoula's Wingate, we are, as always, committed to giving you a relaxing stay at a great value. But we're also balancing the new guidelines, like maximum pool occupancies and increased disinfecting, to protect your health with a never-ending pledge to make you feel at home when you're not. If you find yourself on the road in the Missoula area, please consider staying with us at Missoula's Wingate. ESPN Radio. Coming back here for you on a Tuesday. Welcome back. Nuana is now 1029 ESPN Missoula, SWX Montana Television. Betcha you would never thought you'd be so interested in a show all about cross-country running and beer at football games. But it's been a great one. We talked about uh, all the economy and the overlay of business and sports. Justin Angle joining me, Coulter Nuanez, uh, in studio for the duration. Stem to stern. This has been fun. I was happy to have him on board. We've talked everything from... Olympics, broadcasting challenges, advertisers, and everything in between. The validity or lack thereof and challenges of beer being served at football games around the state of Montana. Heard from Angela Brittigum from Girls Run Missoula, an outstanding organization here uh, in the Garden City, getting girls involved in running between the ages of 8 and 11. That was part of our Pepsi U Sports segment. Had our weekly Treasure State Stars highlighting some of the best uh, from across the state of Montana. And then an outstanding interview. I'm so impressed with all of these high school and now, I guess, moving into uh, collegiate freshmen. But that was our ninth senior spotlight interview of this summer. And I just can't tell you how impressed I am. These kids are so good. They're so articulate. They show up on time. They're so polite. I'm just, I, I'm blown away by the lack of a reverence and the, the uh, accentuation of intellectuality against our young people in this community. It's, uh, and across the state of Montana, too. Uh, a tease for later on this week, Danny Barsh, who was the Gatorade Basketball Player of the Year from Helena Capital, and uh, incoming Lady Grizz, freshman basketball player. She'll join us on Thursday. Uh, we didn't have a senior spotlight two weeks ago because I was on vacation, so we're doing two this week. So Danny Barsh will join us uh, here on Thursday. If you want to find anything, though, in this show, you can find it on the podcast, available on all your podcast hosting platforms. N-U-A-N-E-Z will get you there. Rate, review, subscribe, all that good stuff. Podcast proudly presented by Blackfoot Communications, The Wingate by Wyndham Hotel, and Sports Bet Montana. Speaking of podcasts, we talked about your podcast, Fireline, Justin, at the beginning of the show, and that's a an interesting and pertinent one given the state of wildfires in the state of Montana right now. But you're most famous because of your New Angle podcast. <laughs> famous, yeah, right. Well, uh, it's a well-listened-to <laughs> deal, though, man. And uh, people around the community love this thing. So uh, tell us what's going on at New Angle. What's coming up next? Gosh, well, you know, the exciting thing for the show this summer is that we moved over to um, Montana Public Radio. So we're we're filling the Thursday evening 7.30 spot and Sunday morning at 5 a.m. spot. So that's sort of a nice step to kind of get exposed to a broader audience, to cover statewide topics. Um, coming up in the next few weeks, we've got next week, we've got Deirdre Wallenick and Folks might not understand uh, or recognize that name. She is Alex Honnold's mom. Okay. So free solo climber, yep. you know, the guy that uh, scaled El Capitan. Well, his mom has an interesting story. And well, it I'm, goes, sure, I'm sure she was freaking out the whole time her son was doing this. Actually not. Wow, she's, okay. Uh, I mean, I don't know if she's totally at peace <laughs> with the free soloing, but... Um, 
She is a fantastically interesting woman. She's climbed El Cap herself with Alex. She's a writer. Um, She is a musician. She's led a really interesting life. So it was was great to talk with her. She's got a great book out as well called The Sharp End of Life. Uh, The following week, we have Bob Rowe, who's the CEO of Northwestern Energy. Um, Energy infrastructure is a big deal. If you think what happened. Especially in the West. Yeah, and like, look at what happened in Texas in February. We talked to Bob about, you know, could that happen here? What is our what does our system look like? Where are its weaknesses and strengths and vulnerabilities? And where should we be thinking about investing? Following week, we've got Kimmy Barrett, who's a researcher at Headwaters Economics. She does a lot of work on wildfire risk in communities. She was a guest on Fireline, and I just enjoyed learning from her so much that we invited her on to a new angle. So that gives you a sense for the range of guests we could have on the show. It could be, you know, it's basically anybody I think you can learn from. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, we try to bring you something different every week. Cool people doing cool things. I love the slogan. It's a great listen. Go subscribe to a New Angle podcast with Justin Angle. And you can always catch Justin here every other Tuesday as well uh, as part of the, a business angle, which is presented proudly by Blackfoot Communications. I want to circle back to the Olympics, Justin, because mm-hmm. we talked about some of the uh, broadcasting challenges. But I want to know what this means from a economic standpoint, particularly when it comes to advertising, because... Um, the diversity of the way that this has been presented has been at the same time um, cool and also frustrating, and yeah. it doesn't seem like there's much uh, continuity to it, I guess, for lack of a better word. I think it's very cool that on my little Apple TV I can go on-demand watch individual track events. That's very cool. I can't ever remember being able to do that before. But also, some of them don't have any commentary. There's no commercials involved, so it seems like the monetization of this is is fleeting at best. So just give us the sort of the, the rundown on the economy of all of this. Yeah, I mean, I think the traditional advertising model for the Olympics is probably, you know, dying a slow and probably accelerated death by these Olympics. You know, there's excess inventory, uh, meaning ad space. There is, um, you know, and advertisers aren't happy with the ratings. The ratings are down stuff like 60, 70 percent from previous Olympics. Um, Do you think that because of all the spoiler alerts? I don't know if it's the spoiler alerts or... Part, you know, I mean, part of it, I, I don't want to beat this dead horse anymore because we've already talked about it so much, but part of it's because of Simone Biles. I think so. Because Biles would have been the yeah. the athlete that people are tuning in for. Right, but you know, the Olympics is a lot more than just one athlete. I agree the Biles effect is probably significant, but I don't think it can account for all of that ratings loss. Uh, but, but back to the advertising point, I mean, what we're seeing with this sort of proliferation and fragmentation of all these places where people can access the content. Right now, you've got confused customers. Generally, confused customers don't buy, right? You want to make it easy for the customer to find and access your product. That's sort of marketing 101. But if you think about advertising opportunities, right now, advertisers are going to figure out more about viewers, right? You mentioned your Apple TV on your phone. If you're hitting it with a mobile device, they know who you are, where you are. They know a lot more about you than if you're accessing it through cable television. Once they know more about you, they can be more efficient with serving you an ad that is more influential and more tailored to your wants and needs and your wants and needs in that moment. Um, So that could lead to Maybe a better viewing experience in the sense that you're seeing ads that are more customized to you. And a lot of people sort of like that. Um, At the same time, if it gets too close to your wants and needs in the moment, you might feel like you're being surveilled, which you are. (laughs) Which you are, (laughs) indeed. So I think it's got, you know, it's not necessarily all bad for advertising. It's not necessarily all good. We're sort of in this shakeout period as we transition to, um, you know, what the future of viewing and consuming the Olympics is going to be. It's unclear yet. We've got another Olympics in seven months, which will be an interesting test case as we go to the Winter Olympics in Beijing. Um, How do people learn from this Olympics? What does the world look like in seven months? I mean, who the heck knows? Um, So we'll see if if advertisers change where they're making investments. Always fascinating. We could talk about this stuff forever, and we will continue to talk about it extensively. Justin Angle, a new Angle podcast, Fireline podcast, professor of business at the University of Montana, and my partner on the business angle, 
overlay between business and sports. Pleasure having you on, my man. Thanks so much for being in here. This was fun. Yeah, it's fun to see where the magic happens, man. You got a nice setup. Nice job. Thank you. Per, we have a lot of crossover supporters around here, so I know you wanted to talk just a little bit about some of the people that are supporting your podcast, specifically Fireline, Berkshire Hathaway Properties of Montana, which is a great uh, sponsor of this show as well. Blackfoot Communications, one of our elite partners for Security Bank, UMCOB, and MTPR, the Trailhead, and the United Way of Montana County, all great supporters of a lot of different things around this community. So thank you to all of them as well. We'll be back in the saddle here on Nuanas Now, 4 p.m. tomorrow. Flip it over to the new show here in about five minutes, 103.3 The Trail. Tommy's got a whole bunch of great new music for you from 6 to 7 every Tuesday on The Trail. Sean Rainey, SWX Montana Television, is going to be in studio with me. He's burning on a lot because he's always burning on a lot. So we'll have a lot to get to tomorrow, including Craig Haley. Stats perform the veteran member of the FCS National Media Crew. He's been covering the FCS at large for longer than anybody in the country. So he will join us to break down preseason All-American teams, preseason polls, uh, and everything in between. Another public service announcement. I'm out to Bozeman on Thursday. We will have a nuanas now, though. I'm just going to do it from Media Day at Montana State. Uh, so Bobcats get camp kicked off officially on Saturday, the first camp under new head coach Brent Vegan. And uh, the Grizzlies, still waiting to hear back when they kick off camp because it's going to be sometime this week as well. So football officially back and underway. The Big Sky Conference season for both Montana and Montana State coming at you hot there. Um, opener September 4th, so less than a month away as of tomorrow. But we'll be in Bozeman on Thursday broadcasting for Media Day. So that would be exciting as well. Uh, good guests coming. Stay tuned on to who, uh, but we'll let you know. A little later on in the week. Thanks so much for kicking it with us here on a Tuesday. I'm Coulter Duanez. Duanez now. Blackfoot Communications is actively supporting the communities we serve across Montana and Idaho. We are installing hundreds of miles of fiber in our service territories, increasing the broadband experience in our rural communities. We are delivering remote workforce solutions for our business communities. We are creating new, innovative solutions for our local entrepreneurs and enterprise organizations. Learn how your company can benefit. Call today at 541-5000 or go to blackfootbusiness.com. Blackfoot Communications. Connect to more. It's finally starting to feel like winter around here, and if you need some nice winter gear, how about the fine folks at Sitka? They make awesome winter clothes, and they sell custom Bobcat Sitka gear at the MSU Bookstore. You can shop online anytime at msubookstore.org, or of course you can check out the MSU Bookstore live and in person there on the Montana State campus. They also have some graduation regalia back in order there at the MSU Bookstore. They have an awesome American Indian Council selection as well. Visit on campus anytime you need blue and gold or visit online anytime, anywhere, msubookstore.org. MSU Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day located there on the Montana State campus.